by Riverside. Welcome everybody to Garage Take Season 3, Episode 13. Join here with my co-host, Brant. I want to welcome everybody in. Do us a huge favor. If you have not done so already, make sure you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast. And do us an even huger favor and hop on that Garage Takes YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button. And that's probably the best way to support the podcast as we continue to try and grow that that YouTube channel. Um, Got a couple of things we want to talk about tonight. Got to talk about the Lions, 6-2. and Uh, I want to talk trade deadline with you, Brant. Also want to talk actual Michigan football. Um, Do not want to talk about Connor Stallions. Don't want to mention his name for the rest of the podcast. I got it out of the way right now. Um, But, yeah, I want to hop into Michigan and actually talk football around their their program, which I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back to this weekend. But, first of all, man, how are you? Doing great, Dave. Good to see you this last weekend, man. That was a lot of fun. Great to see you and your whole family. So uh, it was a fantastic time had. Oh, yeah. Congrats to uh, your brother and Mandy. It was an outstanding wedding. And uh, what better place to do that than Ovid, Michigan, man? Just a a great time to to hang out with you and and the family and get our our kids together. That was a, a, a great time. But, Brant, I want to uh, to hop right in here to the Lions. All right, well, the Lions get it done on Monday Night Football. They take care of business against the Raiders. Um, 20, what was the final score there? 26-14, I think. Get a 12-point victory. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that, uh, that there's definitely room to criticize in that game, specifically the red zone offense and um, just a lack of execution. But at the end of the day, I mean, this is what gr- great teams do. You go out there and give a C plus, uh, give a C plus performance, and you win by double digit points against a team that you should beat. So um, that's a that that's a, a business game right there, and you took care of it, and you're you're six and two uh, with with all your goals set in front of you, right? I mean, you are in a great position, and Brant. I mean, I just want to read just so our our listeners are all on the uh, the same page here. What the what what the remaining schedule looks like for the Lions. Uh, because they're through the worst of it. So after this upcoming bye week, they've got the Chargers. They've got Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. Not the toughest schedule in the world. Um, I think that if you compare that to, let's say, the uh, the Eagles' remaining schedule... And it's a it's it's a layup, if you will. And I know none of those games will be layups. It is the NFL. Um, but you're in good good position. So, Brant, just want to hear your thoughts first of all on the, the the win over the Raiders and just the current status of this uh, this Lions team. Dave, anytime you can turn the ball over three times and and still win a game, that is awfully impressive. And man, we talk about it all the time. This team, it's gritty. It's tough. We know that. Um, but something they haven't really been this year is like mistake prone, but you know, they had the turnovers, they had the costly things that, that should have cost them worse than it did. But you know what? They got stops. They didn't, um, they didn't compound their mistakes, I guess I'll say. And they were opportunistic when 
opportunities presented themselves. Um, you know, the interception in the end zone, I know that wasn't a very tough interception, but you know what? It still was handled and they went about their business, Dave. And so when you talked about, um, them treating this like a business trip or, you know, even though it was at home or whatever, uh, they, they handled it. And that's nice and refreshing to see as a Lions fan. It's kind of like, when do you ever bounce back to the SOL? And they were kind of talking about it on the, on the Monday night countdown. When does this team turn that corner? And you can really start to feel that with the 6-2 and two record, they're really starting to turn it. And the most impressive thing, of, I think, about that Monday night game was the fact that they kind of they didn't have a David Montgomery, missing a couple guys on the offensive line. Um, secondary's banged up and they're still getting the job done. And Dave, that game was never really in doubt. It was never really that close. And and we also talk about this all the time. This is the NFL. I don't know if you noticed it um, on, on, uh, on Monday night, but wasn't it like impressive the way that Max Crosby played, Josh Jacobs? Like those were real dudes on the other side of the football that are coming at you. And those guys are sacrificing everything to get a W. And the Detroit Lions still laid it to them. So it was nice to see. Completely agree. I mean, I think from a, just a points uh, standpoint, at some points in the game it seemed close, but it was weird because it seemed like the Lions were just totally dominating them. But look, man, whatever. At the end of the day, you win by double digits, come out of that game relatively healthy, and you go into your uh, a much-needed bye week where – Really, the big, biggest question mark of this team has been their health. Hopefully, they get some guys back and uh, you know are ready for the for the second half of the season. Um, Brant, the topic I really want to get into tonight with you is the Lions at the trade deadline. And so, the Lions did trade a six-round pick for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, go Blue. Welcome home, DPJ. Excited to have you. I mean, I think everybody would agree the Lions could definitely uh, bolster some depth there uh, with the wide receiver room. So I don't think anybody can complain about that move. Definitely didn't uh, didn't ring the alarm or get people super excited. Um, the trade deadline came and went, Brant. 4 p.m. hit on Tuesday, and no splashy moves from, from Brad Holmes and the Detroit Lions. So, you know, I, I listened to Dan Campbell this week, and, you know, he said it, Brad does not leave any stones unturned. Some of these guys that you saw traded or their names mentioned, they they did, uh, not only were they seeing what the market was, but they also did their own film review of them to see if these are the kind of guys that they want to bring in. And, Brad, at the end of the day, they chose not to, or maybe the price wasn't right. Combination of the uh, of both of those things, but they didn't make a move. And so, um, I want to know your thoughts on that because I think that the, that Lions fans kind of are sitting on on two different sides here. You've got one side of the aisle that says, "Look, it's now or never." Um, and, and and I don't mean never like this team is built to to last, even as it's currently con- constructed. But you're sitting at six and two in a very winnable NFL. This year, I mean, across the league, NFC, AFC, like, sure, you got your top tier teams, but the Lions are in that conversation. Um, they don't make a move to kind of put them over the edge um, while you're seeing like the the Eagles and the 49ers make these moves. I mean, these are the teams you're competing against um, for the top of the NFC. Brant, I, I think the other side of it is, well, look, 
Brad Holmes continue to trust in him. He's built this thing the right way. He doesn't, don't, you don't want to trade future uh, draft capital if you don't have to because the guy drafts really well. So, I mean, that's a fair argument too. Um, end of the day, they don't, they don't make a move. And I think some of those people that are on the, on, on the side of this that said like, look, just be patient. You don't have to go all in right now. I think that there's a little bit of a, um, almost to use your analogy brand of like last spring when we talked about this team of like, look, you got to crawl before you walk like that type of crowd. That's like bought into the lions, believe that they could do it, but maybe they're just not quite there yet to make some huge move to go win a Super Bowl. Brad, I want to know your thoughts on the, the trade deadline and how this shook out. Do you feel like Brad Holmes got it right? Do you think, do you feel like he missed the boat this year? I hate to do this, Dave, but <clears throat> I feel like we're going to find out. Um, and there are examples in the NFL, if you look around, of teams that do go all in all the time. The Philadelphia Eagles, San Francisco 49ers. They feel like, hey, we don't have a good enough running back. Let's go get DeAndre Swift. Let's go get Christian McCaffrey. Let's go add Chase Young. Obviously, the Niners did at the trade deadline. Um, <clears throat> you look at teams like that, and they have a specific pattern about them. Look at a team like the Dallas Cowboys. That's the other side of the fence. Whenever do you hardly see Jerry make a splash deadline trade? He doesn't because he believes that he drafted the best and that those are the guys in his locker room that he's sticking with. And I can tell you more often than not that the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers are more often in it than the Dallas Cowboys are. And sticking with your guys is great. And I get that that can be great for the locker room. I didn't love it. Um, I don't love it when you have a team like this that's rolling in the right direction and that you can add one or two pieces and, and kind of put yourself into. Now there's no question depth-wise probably that we're going to be right there in the end. Um, and not only does Chase Young not belong to the Lions, he belongs to another top contender in the NFC that could definitely come back and bite you in the butt. So it's really tough to watch that one go down specifically. And and Dave, this is the most the most mind-blowing part about this whole thing is Brad is is known as kind of a wheel and dealer. He wants to get out there, have his fingerprints all over everything. It was surprising for me to see him not kind of go into the all-in mode this year. This is the kind of GM I thought we had. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I'm just saying I'm surprised by it. Yeah, I um, I was super disappointed, Brant. Um, I'm going to kind of agree with you here. I wasn't exactly sure where you stood on this. We haven't talked about it. Um, I think the I, I think the Lions missed the mark here. Now, look, there's a reason why Brad Holmes is the GM of an NFL team, and I am not. So I, I recognize that. However, this is a year, could be the year, that you win this thing. Like I said, it's a winnable NFL. It's a winnable NFC. It is. The Niners have flaws. The Eagles have flaws. What did those two teams do? They both went out and addressed some of those flaws. The Niners address um, the D-end to get Bosa some help there, give up a third-round pick to get Chase Young, who we heard for quite some time was going to be gettable. Um, the The Eagles go out and bolster um, that their DBs by bringing in a, a top-tier safety, which has been a weakness of theirs all year. And so, yeah. You're watching the, the really the two top teams in the NFC go in and make these moves 
to go and make a run at a Super Bowl. The Lions did not. And look, I think it's almost more frustrating when I saw just what these players went for. Like when I see Chase Young went for a, a future third round pick. Okay, the Lions have two third round picks this year. Give up one of those. I'll take my chance on Chase Young, regardless of how people feel of, you know, is he tuned in all the time? Does he take plays off? Guess what? When Chase Young is not taking a playoff, that dude is disruptive, and he he still is deep down that generational talent out of Ohio State that um that we once thought he was. Now he has had some injuries, he has had some um just questionable work ethic type of stuff. So sure, if, if he wasn't your guy, I get it. But Brant, another guy. Montez Sweat, Montez Sweat from the Commanders too. The Bears out of all teams go out and get him for a second round pick. I don't know why the Bears are horrible. Um, he could walk after this year. I still don't understand that move. Montez Sweat would have been phenomenal here in Detroit. You don't get either of them. Maybe you win after Montez Sweat. Maybe they knew the Bears pick was going to be higher, and maybe you offered the late second round pick. I don't know. But I know that right now, as we record this on November 1st, the Lions didn't add anybody. And so now you are faced with waiting for your guys to come back. You're banking on James Houston coming back this year and, and being uh, being that guy. Brant, Aiden Hutchinson clearly needs help. He is, he is good. He's great. He's on the verge of being great, right? He needs help, though. He does. Um, and it's disappointing to me that they didn't go out and address that in a season where I really feel like they could make this move and, and, and take this next leap. So I, I didn't love this. Um, I, um, excuse me one second. I, I felt like the lions for the, it's almost like we don't know what to do with this. Like we haven't been in this position where we're sitting six and two and it's not some flawed six and two, like you're a legit six and two. So bringing in a guy that could put you over the edge, I felt like this was the year to do it. I hope they don't regret this, but I was super disappointed, especially when I see the Eagles and the Niners go out and make these moves that were, I guess, splashy, but not really. It's not like they gave up a ton. I mean, this is what top organizations do. So look, I'll continue to trust in Brad Holmes. He's earned it. He's drafted incredibly well. But I think we missed the mark this time around, and and I think we'll regret it. And I think what I would say to Lions fans that are like, look, don't push all your chips in yet this year. This is for the long haul. We want to be built for years to come. Brant, trading a third-round pick or a second-round pick ain't going to ruin that. And also, if I have to hear any more about the locker room guys or like being a perfect perfect fit for the culture, you know what, dude? Good culture, it that already exists in that locker room. Like I feel confident saying that. And when the culture's that good, bringing in one guy that maybe has a question mark on him, he should fall in line. Brant, you saw it for years with the Patriots bringing in guys when they brought in Randy Moss, right? Like these kind of guys that um, have these question marks around their character or this or that. Like, look, if the culture is as strong as we think it is, as I think it is. You go out and get one of these guys, and you let a Chase Young fall into place for a third-round pick. Put him opposite, opposite side Hutch and see what happens. So um, I really felt like they missed the mark. I hope this is not the difference between them getting to the NFC Championship or or losing in the divisional round. I think the, the, the division is, is to be had right now by the Lions. And so um, 
Yeah, I don't know if you have anything else to add on that, but I think we're we're kind of in agreement. No, I know that they had six sacks Monday night, but it was it was a lot of late sacks, and it wasn't from their defensive line, really. I mean, um, um, Alex Anzalone had two, Tracy Walker had one. Like they were mixing in the blitzes, and I totally get it. And that's how you have to get to get by. Don't sell this Raiders offensive line as any good. Um, but to not have, they, I think they had one sack, um, through the first three quarters and then they really poured it on in the fourth because the Raiders had to throw the ball and they knew they had to. So that was the difference in the ball game really. But yeah, the, the defensive line, like they had six sacks and Hutch didn't get one, Dave. What does that tell you? That the edges aren't getting home and that is an issue going forward for this team. So I completely agree with you. Yeah, we'll see. Go into the bye week. I mean, it is what it is, man. You pack, pack up your bags, move into the bye week. You got to move forward from this. Um, this is a great team without any moves being made. They, I, I believe that. Um, I just think that it could have put them over the edge. So um, I'm still all in on the Lions. I'm still all in on Brad Holmes, but definitely disappointed with, uh, with how this trade deadline shook out. All right, Brad, I want to talk Michigan football. Um, not Michigan sign stealing, none of that, dude. Um, Michigan plays Purdue this weekend. They start the most important four-game stretch of the season, the final four games. You host Purdue for a night game in the big house. You travel to Penn State, which could be a gauntlet match. You play, you travel to Maryland, and then you host Ohio State in the big house. This is it. You have managed to be 8-0 at this point. Um, all the noise that surrounds this program is there. You think these players haven't heard it? They have. Um, they filter it out. You hear that sometimes. Like, they don't hear the noise. They hear the noise. Brant, they get to play Purdue this Saturday night, 7.30 p.m., in the big house. What do you expect to see from this team? 55-0. I you know, I expect laser focus. Like, we talk about this every week with this team, Dave. We expect them to be locked in because that – I think that this team specifically over the last couple years <clears throat> have just been built that way. Like, they welcome the distractions and then they block it out. Like, I I think the, the crazier the better maybe for this team. Like, they need the fuel. They need the chips on the shoulders. Like – they thrive off of this. It almost reminds me, <clears throat> Dave, remember those old D'Antonio teams that you guys, we used to hate to play? Like, they remind me of that team. Like, they have that chip on their shoulder where they're like, we are gonna <laughs> get something to piss us off, basically, and we're gonna come at you. So, that that is what I expect to see this weekend. And you get them off a bye week, like, I'm feeling kind of bad for Purdue. Like, you are just in the way of this freight train right now. And I think the CFP ranking them three, I know we'll get into that. Um, you can take that as slight disrespect, although the optics are, you know, Ohio State has the two better wins. Georgia is Georgia. And you probably are the third best team in the nation just on paper at this moment. Not to the eye test, but I, I would say that's an extra motivating factor as well. And you know going from – the big house this Saturday to next Saturday in Happy Valley. You know, you're touching on the end of the season, Dave. That is 
where you want to be clicking on all cylinders. So this team wants to make sure that they are, and I expect it Saturday night. I do too. I'm so fired up to see this team. Like I, I do. I feel like Michigan fans are starting to feel that way where they're like, okay, we get it. We get it regardless of what's true and what's not and what evidence is out there. Look, there's four games of football that need to be played right now. Um, and it starts four-game season, begins Saturday night. I think Michigan's going to absolutely roll. And I think J.J. McCarthy is going to continue to to build his his Heisman resume. Brant, you mentioned the, the, the CFP rankings. Ohio State comes in at number one. Georgia two, Michigan three, Florida State four. Do you have any issue with Michigan being three or, or falling back there, or um, are you like me where you almost kind of liked it? Yeah, no, I'm fine with it. Uh, I I mean, would I have had it slightly different? I, I can't say that I would. I would probably have Washington over Florida State. That's my huge gripe. Um, and you know what? The, the one thing that people aren't talking about right now is Oregon at six, and that's such a great call by this CFP committee. That is that is the sixth best team probably right now, uh, just because they're holding that loss. But I don't think for one second that Alabama is somehow better than a one loss or again. Um, you know that's just stuff we would see in the past, and it's ridiculous. And they finally are starting to figure this out. Dave, I know you're not going to sit here and tell me that Michigan has two better wins than Ohio State. They don't. They simply they just don't. So we can't argue that as Michigan fans. Georgia. Now, I guess we could go back and forth and say, yeah, I mean, they have both beat eight pretty mediocre teams, yada, 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 the Brock Bowers thing, um, stuff like that. But I, I really don't think that uh, Michigan deserves to be over them right now either. Um, and as far as being in front of a team like Florida State, now that's where the eye test comes in and says, ah, uh, you had a two-point game against Boston College. I don't think so. That's not going to work for us. It's going to be Michigan that hasn't had hasn't had to play a fourth quarter all season, Dave. So let's just put it that way. And I think the CFP committee, for the first time, maybe ever, I can't believe they're going to figure it out in the last year. Like it took all these years to figure it out. They finally nailed the formula this late in the ball game. But I absolutely loved it, Dave. I'll tell you why I loved it too, Brant. There is nothing more than number one Ohio State coming to Michigan for that last game of the season. There is, I, I want nothing more than that. I want them to be number one. I do not want Georgia to to jump them, even if they beat Missouri this weekend. Like, who knows? Um, I don't want it. I want Ohio State number one. I want them when they are ranked the number one team in the country, and I love it. I love that Michigan fell back a spot. I I think it just adds, and and I think I think the committee got it right. To you, I'm not saying that this was like oh Michigan was slighted. No, no, no. Hear me out. They got it right, but from the optics, going from two all year to three, people notice that and 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 seeing that and they're like whoa, what is this? Is this related to um to 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 the scandal and all of that? No. No, it's not. Just on paper, like you said it perfectly, Brant. Um, yep, it makes sense. And I want all of it. I want all of it. I do. I think that this team, I mean, maybe they'll prove us wrong, and I hope they don't. But I think that this team is absolutely built right now to come out with a fire lit under them that they have not had all year. And and they've been getting it. You know, we saw th- this Michigan team over the last four weeks – 
has been significantly better than the Michigan we saw in September. So, yeah, I would watch out um, rest of the college football world. I do. I think Michigan's that good, and they've got even more to play for right now. Jim Harbaugh is going to coach this team and have his assistant coaches coach this team like they've never coached before because they know this is it. I mean, let's be honest. I don't know if the if the run continues after this year between the amount of talent that's about to exit, the controversy that sur- surrounds the program, the uncertainty of Jim Harbaugh. Um, we don't know what uh, what January and February hold for this program. So this is it. These are incredibly important four games, um, and, and I think that they have what what's in. I really do. I, I think that this team is built to to win these four games, um, to win a Big Ten championship, and go make a real real push to win a national championship this year. Dave, quick question for you: Do you think that, or I guess, why do you think Michigan has been different in these last four games? Um, any clue why? Yeah, I I think the return of Jim Harbaugh. I I, I think that. You saw what Michigan looked like with, you know, whether it was the rotating coaches or whatever, the missing element was, was Jim Harbaugh. I mean, I, I don't see it. Like I, I, like I've said before, Harbaugh's not the kind of guy that motivate me, but whatever he has a hold of that locker room, it was like, oh, okay. They're just different. They're built different with Jim there. Um, And they knew the controversy that was surrounding him before that. I think having him back was like, okay, let's go. Brent, you add a little bit more salt to that wound. Yeah, I think that this team's about to take. If you built, if you break up this this season into thirds, the first four, the middle four, and the last four, Michigan got significantly better, and I think they're going to take a leap here. And I think you're going to see it this Saturday night against Purdue. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off that. I think it has a lot to do with Harbaugh, just like you had just said, but. I think the other thing is getting key guys back, and and now they're in mid midseason form, if you will. The Will Johnsons, the Rod Moores, you know, don't forget how good these guys were last year at the at the Big Ten championship game. Like just for example, Dave, and now they've got all the reps in. Now they're clicking on all cylinders. Now this team, yeah, you saw it last, you know, two weeks ago against Michigan State. This team is nothing to be messed with on on the defensive side of the ball for sure. I mean, leading the <clears throat> leading the nation in scoring defense, that's that's not something that we've really had at Michigan. Like we've been in the top 10, you know, stuff like that, but number 1, that usually belongs to a a school like Georgia or a school like Alabama. But no, it's the top spot this year. And the other thing, when you talk about the last four games, Dave, Guess who else is in the top 10 in scoring defense? Ohio State. And that doesn't happen either. So something's got to give when these two meet up. I just want the quarterback that's going to be an NFL player. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and that quarterback's name is J.J. McCarthy. He's probably the last piece of this argument. Talk about what's the difference. J.J. McCarthy is a difference, too. That kid has gotten exponentially better. Um, as the season has gone on um, and looks to be every bit of what we thought we were getting when when he committed to this program. Um, Brant, I'm absolutely excited to see this uh, Michigan football team take the field Saturday night. All right, man, why don't you bring us home with some bets this week? So, Dave, <clears throat> bye week for the Lions. Can't use them this week. 
totally get that. We're going to stay away from Michigan as well. 33-point line. Like, those aren't even fun. Like, nobody yep, wants to sweat agreed. out the, four, the fourth quarter, stuff like that, even though I think both of us would probably take them to cover this week. Just stay away from it. <laughs> um, all right, so check it out. Big 12 on the line. Kansas State traveling to Austin to take on Texas. Texas is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you like? Look, I think Kansas State is a good football team and, and could really make a game out of this. Um, I also think that Texas has something to prove, especially because Oklahoma just lost. Um, I'm going to take Texas to get right here and cover the four and a half points. What about you, Brant? Texas has been kind of a struggle bus, Dave. Um, close games, uh, you know, backup quarterback now, Malik Murphy, which um, I did hear the Kansas State coach say, it's kind of an advantage for Texas because we don't have any film on him, and that's going to be a difficult task. Uh, although I'm going to grab Kansas State here. I just feel like four and a half on the road. I, it's November football. I know we talked about that this week. It, it's, it's winning time. I like Kansas State to keep this close enough. I don't exactly love them to win, but I could see this as, as less than a four and a half point game for sure. So I'll take Kansas State. All right. Missouri traveling to Athens, taking on the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia, wow, did they just dismantle Florida in the second quarter. I mean, I was kind of keeping track of that game because was, I was at my brother's wedding, and it was like 7-zip Florida out of the gate. Next thing I know, 24-7, to and the ball game was over. So uh, Georgia is hot right now. Can they cover the 15-and-a-half? Missouri, good football team, Dave. Missouri is a good football team. I believe they're number 12. Um, look, uh, Georgia is starting to look like Georgia right now. They are. Um, Brant, you stole exactly what I was going to say because I was watching that game with you. Florida scores a touchdown. It's like, oh, oh, what is this? And then it was, they just absolutely stepped on their throat. Um, and that's what Georgia does to you. It's what they have done over the last several years. 15.5 seems like a lot of points against the number 12 team in the country. I got a hard time picking against Georgia right now. I do. I think that they are hitting their stride. I think Carson Beck is getting better as well. I'm going to take Georgia to cover 15.5. Lordy, lordy. I'm going to roll with you, man. I, I, I don't think this weekend's close. Like, Georgia is on a different level right now. And going into Athens... Forget about it. Like, I just don't see a way for Missouri. Missouri can throw the ball now. Like, they, they really can test Georgia through the air. And Georgia, if there has been an Achilles heel for the last couple of years, it has been that they can get beat through the air. I think Georgia knows that. I think they have a game plan for it. Um, I think Kirby ends up covering this spread. Um, LSU at Bama. I love this game, Dave, because... I know we always joke about SEC means more, all this stuff. Like, LSU's not playing for a national championship this year. They do have two losses, but they can win the SEC. They can be the ones that knock Georgia off the SEC crown, and that still means a whole heck of a lot down there. So, um, Dave, LSU traveling to Alabama, Bama favored by three. Yeah, you know what? I think this is going to be a really close game. And I think Vegas knows it too. You see, you know, that that line right there is very close. I'm going to roll with LSU here, plus three. Um, I think you just laid it out perfectly in what LSU does have to play for. Um, sure, it may not be a national championship this year, but they are still right in the thick of it um, to win an SEC championship. And they don't have anything to lose. 
They don't. They have everything to gain. Um, and, and Bama's looked beatable this year. Now, they've hit their stride at times as well. Um, but I think this is going to be a really close game. And um, I don't know if LSU pulls it out. But I think it comes down to a one-score game at the end. Whether that's a field goal or a touchdown, we shall see. But I will take LSU plus three. What about you, Brant? Uh so interesting. LSU's defense has improved, so they've been really bad. So now they're just bad. Um, <clears throat> Alabama's offense was really bad. Now they're just bad. So interesting uh, matchup here. I like Jaden Daniels better than I like Jalen Milrow. This is what it comes down to. November football, quarterbacks. Uh, I, th- I really think that Jaden Daniels isn't out of the Heisman conversation yet. I think he hops right back in it this weekend if he gets four or five touchdowns accounted for. I do like LSU in this spot with you, Dave. Um, so I'm taking LSU and Brian Kelly's family. Um, the Dolphins at – so <clears throat> the Dolphins and Chiefs link up this weekend in Germany. Why would Why would – the game of the week not be in Germany, Dave. Um, Chiefs favored by one and a half. Yeah, I I don't know why that game is in Germany. My guess is uh, show Roger Goodell the moolah. Um, hmm. Well, this this is definitely a, a pick 'em kind of a game, Brant. I guess my first question is. Um, and probably the question I think everybody's wondering is, is Taylor Swift traveling to Germany? Great you know? call, Dave. Because if she's you know, in attendance, be- you're leaning Chiefs. Oh, absolutely. If Taylor's there, I'm all I'm all in on the Chiefs minus one and a half. Look, I don't know the cost of flights these, these days. I don't know if she can afford it out there. That will be TBD. Um, for that reason alone, I'm going to take the Dolphins plus one and a half. What about you, Brant? You know, Dave, I just don't believe in the Dolphins, like, in big games yet. I think I got to see it a little more. I I, lo- I like the Dolphins, but I, I just think that the Chiefs will find a way to win this game. And in big spots, I don't trust Tua fully yet. Um, it's got less to do with their defense and their overall team, but more to do with Tua. So I'll take the Chiefs. Um, Cowboys at Eagles, Dave. I think this is Sunday night or Monday night, one of the two. Um, Philly favored by three. Who do you like? You know, man, I just don't. The Cowboys are so hard to pick because you do not know what team is going to show up. You have the team that showed up last week against the Rams that look like they're ready to compete for a Super Bowl and Dak firing on all cylinders. CeeDee Lamb looks unstoppable. Um, And then... You've got the the Cowboys that showed up against the Cardinals that just laid a complete egg. Um, and it's not a matter of, well, those games happen in the NFL. Look, these games seem to happen a lot more to the Cowboys. It just does. Um, that being said, and, and the Cowboys and Eagles play each other twice, like in the next month or in the next like five weeks. So that will, that will be interesting. Um, I think that this game is going to be super close. I don't know if the Cowboys get the win. Brant, this one's in Philly. Is that right? It's in Philly. I believe it's a night game. Yeah, I believe it's a Sunday night game. Um, I'm going to take the Cowboys plus three this week um, and cross my fingers. What about you? Yeah, I'm definitely on the opposite side of that. And you hit it for all reasons of, hey, this team is so up and down. 
This is a night game in Philly. I, Jalen Hurts, tush, push. I think the Cowboys secondary has, like, real issues. Um, I, you know, and not making any moves for this team either, I think, is a mistake. I touched on it earlier uh, for Jerry and this team. I don't think to, I don't think that you can continue to allow Tony Pollard to to try to just take this backfield all by himself. Like I think this team has real issues. I just think they haven't been fully exposed yet. I don't know. I'll take Philly this weekend, Dave. All right, fair enough. I cannot cannot hate on that take. Um, look, appreciate everybody sticking with us. If you made it here to the end of the podcast, make sure you like, follow, subscribe to the show. Um, hop over to that YouTube channel, please, 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 and hit that subscribe button. Share it out with some people that you know. Look, we've had a lot of close, people close to us doing us a lot of favors lately and, and uh, sharing this this uh, YouTube channel out with other people. So we greatly appreciate it. Look forward to, to getting you guys next time. Have a great weekend. Um, go Blue. Lions fans, enjoy your week off. Six and two. Powered by Riverside.